1: welcome back it's the big blue banter new york giants football podcast i'm dan schneier joined as always my co-host Nick Colotto. And i'm fired up today because i'm angry looking at this gd stupid top 100 list and i just blurred that one out in my head there um but my god i mean what are we talking about here andrew thomas doesn't make the nfl top 100 list for the 2022 season where in a lot of people's minds, at worst, he was the third best offensive tackle in the NFL. Maybe at worst, fourth best, I'll say. Do we understand at this point that offensive tackle is, if not the second most, the third most important position in the NFL? And I will just say it's the second most. Left tackle specifically, protecting the quarterback's blind side. Where are we at as a football fan base? Like, and not a football fan base, Nick, because the issue I have here is that these are the players who vote on this list. I get it. Maybe it's considered a popularity contest. Andrew Thomas is a quiet guy who doesn't maybe make that many, you know, go out with NFL players, show up to the Pro Bowl, make friends. I don't know what it may be, Nick, but like it's just ridiculous. I'm told all day at my job, both this one and CBS Sports Fantasy Football. You don't know anything. You didn't play football. I'm going to listen to Robert Griffin, who says Barker Barkley should make more money than Daniel Jones. Robert Griffin played football and you didn't. Well, why am I supposed to care about the people who played football when these are their opinions? They have a top 100 list that comes out. And at worst, the third best left tackle in the NFL, the second most important position in the NFL, doesn't even make the top 100 players. And I'm looking at this list right now, which we're going to go over. And people like, no offense, but Eric Kendricks made the list. Eric Kendrick, Dalvin cook at 91, Eric Kendricks, Dalvin cook's not even on a team right now. How could he be one of the hundred most valuable players if he's unsigned Eric Kendricks at 93. I mean, even at the tackle position, Nick, I'm floored by some of these Taron Armstead, 83 overall on the top 100 list. Taron Armstead was an unreal tackle with the saints, insanely athletic, incredible draft pick. He's been like injured and most of most of the last three years and not nearly as effective as he was in his prime This list is absolutely insane to me, Nick. It doesn't factor in positional value. It doesn't even factor in overall best players, like taking out positional value. Because clearly, there's something wrong with the system right now. And I'm not sure what it is, but it's insanely disrespectful. And one more thing, Nick, before I end this initial rant. People have, when I post this on Twitter, people are like, why do you care? This doesn't matter. Why do you care? I do care, and I'll tell you why. I find it insanely disrespectful toward, toward Andrew Thomas. And I think he deserves the credit for the for the work he's putting in. I think it's disrespectful. I know he's gotten this contract already, right? It doesn't matter from that standpoint, but he deserves to have the respect and to be known as one of the best players in the NFL and one of the best offensive tackles in the NFL. That's something that he's earned. He put, on, he put it on tape. He put it on film and I don't care what anyone says. He probably wants that in addition to having earned it. So I am, Fired up about this, Nick. I find it so ridiculous, so stupid. This list to me is total trash. I will never once again listen to people who tell me the NFL players know more than everybody else just because they played.
2: Good rant, Dan. Let's do this thought experiment. Okay. Thirty two general managers. Top one hundred players. Andrew Thomas is probably a top fifty pick, if that were the case.
1: Easily. Top fifty. I don't even think I think he's a top twenty pick right now.
2: You need left tackles. The thing about this list is I think you you hit it on your rant. It's a popularity contest. Andrew Thomas isn't going and schmoozing with a lot of other NFL players. He's his own man. He has his own hobbies. He trains in the offseason, but he's not, I guess, as popular as some of these other guys, right? And I also think just offensive linemen are a little bit underrepresented on this list. There are only five tackles, to be fair. And I think it's Lane Johnson, Teron Armstead, Tristan Wirfs. Well, yeah, Laramie Tunsil and then Trent Williams. So it Jordan Maialata, died, Maialata didn't
1: even make the list.
2: No, Jordan Maialata, Jordan Maialata did not make the list. And again, this is somebody who didn't come up through college football. He was Australian and he was drafted in the seventh round as a project. He, so he might not have as many friends that are outside of the Philadelphia right. market. This is what a lot of this is. I think it is disrespectful to Andrew Thomas. Only 100 guys have to make the list out of all of the positions, though. And only five offensive tackles end up making it. It just adds another chip onto this guy's shoulder. And this guy has some big chips on his shoulder that he has overcome already. It was a fourth overall pick. He had Lewis Riddick go on ESPN and say it was a, Bad draft pick, and he would not have done it, and he had to totally flip around. He's apologized for that since, and I give him a lot of credit for that. Andrew Thomas is arguably the best tackle from that class. The only one who rivals him is Tristan Wirfs, who is on this list, but Tristan Wirfs had the benefit of playing. He's a great player, don't get me wrong, but had the benefit of playing with Tom Brady and has won a Super Bowl. Andrew Thomas has been toiling away on the New York Giants, and this last season was the first year where they were an excellent team and fun to watch. And and I feel like the NFL world is starting to come around to it. If that continues to ascend and that continues to develop in the right direction under Dable, Andrew Thomas is going to start getting the recognition. Giants have more primetime games now. Giants are a team that interests national media. And if Andrew Thomas does his job, like we know he can, and like we've watched on film several times, then Andrew Thomas is going to get his recognition. And I would be surprised if he wasn't on the list next year, even though tackles are being overlooked.
1: I'm with you. I think there's a good chance he makes it next year. But I also think that there are things that work against him in this stupid list that are so unimportant to me or winning football games. Like, for example, Andrew Thomas, I, I wa- did you watch the video of him talking with Sean O'Hara, Giants legendary offensive yes. lineman, about his whole process for for blocking? It was mm-hmm. fascinating listening to to that, and I and I and I saw OC friend of the show, who's been on our podcast before. And OC, if you hear this or see this, please, we'd love to have you on the podcast again for another interview, and we could talk about another defense, Wink Barndale, which I think is even more fun and more similar to what you ran with Spags, and so you might have more fun doing that. But regardless, he talked about how he would love to go up against Thomas in practice after watching that video because. This is part of my point. Thomas is very meticulous tackle, right? He's very heady tackle. And I don't think he's the flashiest either. I think that works against him on a stupid list like this because he's not just delivering pancake blocks at a high rate. He's not that uber-athletic guy who gets out on screens like Penny Sewell and just, like, dominates these guys in space. He's controlled. He's collected. He's super heady. He understands where he's at. He's completely con- – uh, I, I used the word controlled already, but he's a completely really, um, – Smooth, I guess it's smooth. Yeah. Poison smooth. That's him as a tackle poison. Smooth aren't terms controlled. Poison smooth aren't terms that like make you headlines. And they're not terms that get you in the eyes of these NFL players, I guess, but it is still disappointing to me, Nick, because a lot of these people who voted matched up against Thomas last year, right? Like a lot of these guys went up against this dude in games and saw how goddamn good he was. And yet they can't even give him the respect of putting him in the top 50 or the top, let alone the top 75 or hundred. It's just crazy to me. It's super frustrating. I know it doesn't matter. I get it, understand, but I just find it super frustrating.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: There's two plays last year that really stuck out in terms of pass protection where I was like, Andrew Thomas screwed up there. And I remember, but we went back and forth, like was it wasn't Andrew Thomas's fault or did Daniel Jones take too many steps in his drop? It probably was Andrew Thomas not getting to a set point. The one was the first Cowboy matchup against Micah Parsons, beat him around the edge. And Daniel Jones, once he hit his back foot, it was like a five-step drop. He was getting sacked. And then there was... Another one later in the year, he had a couple where it was blitzes that came and it was 2v1, and those sacks counted against Andrew Thomas because if you go to Pro Football Focus, it says he surrendered four sacks. He didn't surrender four sacks just getting beat. There was the one against Micah Parsons, and then I believe there was another against Josh Sweat. And I don't remember which Eagle game it was, so I'm guessing it was the one during the regular season. And then I think there was another one against the Eagles in the playoffs where Daniel Jones like tripped over his feet. That's a credited sack against Andrew Thomas. So some of those sacks, I wouldn't even count as necessarily indictments on Andrew Thomas, who's really just the two, the Micah Parsons and the Josh Wet one. Those are just off the top of my head. If, if I'm missing any, please uh, inform me, but those are credited against him. Now, I don't know if any of these NFL players, Dan, are like, oh, well, he gave up four sacks. That's what pro football focus says. I think it's a lot of players who are going up against Andrew Thomas. I think a lot, maybe the reason why is because maybe he's not the strongest and he's not like Trent Williams getting out to the field side and, and right. throwing blocks on yeah. defensive backs. He's not taking defenders and driving them into the ground and, and making them just look foolish and punishing them for even going up against him. He's just getting in their way. Yes. <laughs> He's getting in their way and not allowing them to beat him. And I think that's really annoying. But like I said, if there's only five tackles to make it, some of those other tackles who are on that list are much more dominating at the point of the attack than someone like Andrew Thomas. And that, but that's of course
1: not the smartest way to go about it. Cause as we've discussed plenty of times on this podcast, yeah. The most important thing is staying in front of your man and protecting your quarterback. Sure, it's fun to watch a dominating point of attack pancake block. Awesome. You know what happens on a lot of those plays where you see a tackle make a pancake block? Four-yard gain, six-yard gain, carry on. Doesn't change the game at all. You know what happens on some of the plays where Andrew Thomas is locking down a good edge and just staying in front of him? A 25 yard gain, a 40 yard gain, a touchdown pass that may have not happened otherwise. Darius Slayton pass against the Jaguars. If they have a quick beat there around the edge, that pass may never happen. And that game may never happen. The Giants may not win that game. So I want to get the guy who's so controlled, so smooth, so so confident at this point. Because that's a big part of his game right now. He's become a really confident player, which you love. I mean, he, that was an issue in his game as a rookie, as it should be. You're a rookie. You're getting beat early. And now it's a big strength in his game. And I'd rather see that player any day than the guy who's just like flashy at the point of attack.
2: He's only 24 years old. He just got paid big money. Giants have this guy. They're not going to let him out the door. The Giants had the left tackle position solved. That's what really matters. He just hasn't received the national respect that we believe he has earned, especially when you talk about the development of this kid because it it was bleak, bro. It did not look good in 2020. 2021, we're like, damn, this guy has some serious some serious progression that he took and there were a lot of offensive line gurus after the 2021 season that were still like, and eh, you know, I don't know, you know, the play calling, they, they kind of hit him a little bit. I don't think it was them hiding Andrew Thomas. I just no. think the giants offense sucked. Yeah. And they were getting the football out of his hands because the rest of the offensive line stunk. And Jason Garrett's route concepts were horrible and it was stuck in 2005. It had nothing to do with Andrew Thomas. And I think a lot of people who turned on the film specifically towards the end of the season started realizing that. It's like, oh, wow, Andrew Thomas is dominant and he is one of the top young tackles in the league. And I'll circle back to what I said at the top of the podcast, Dan. You poll the 32 general managers and say, right. let's have a draft. Andrew Thomas is going to be a top 50 pick, especially if you're projecting forward, but that's not what this stupid top 100 list is all about. And a top and, and and yes, and I think he'd be
1: even higher up on that list as a 24-year-old dominant left tackle. But even if we're not projecting forward, <laughs> this list is stupid It just about yeah. last. Like, for example, like I'm just looking through this now. I, you know, I love Matt Milano. When he came to the draft, I said he was one of my targets. You can find it on Twitter. I loved his game at Boston College. He like missed a large chunk of last season. and He plays inside linebacker and inside linebacker doesn't impact the game like a life tackle like what are we doing here there's other guys and it's like, like this some of this this is insane like the dude i'm never going to pronounce his name right the safety on, on the 49ers huffnicka <laughs> like, he's a fun player dude but how much of that success production is scheme based man i watched that scheme that that's i know Demico ryan's isn't there anymore but Demico ryan's was there in 2022 with the that is a scheme-based player in a lot of ways. I'm just going to be honest about the situation from watching that defense. I know he's a good player too. I like him though. I like him a lot. He's yeah. a lot benefiting from that scheme, though. Same thing with Jordan Poyer, who's on this list of 57. I like Jordan Poyer a lot. There's no way in my mind Jordan Poyer is not a little bit of a product of the scheme. You know who can't be a product of any scheme? A left tackle, for the most part. Like for yes, occasionally. Part. I mean, for the most part, yeah. Some teams will obviously chip and do things like that, but. Most of the time, the Giants slipped protection away from Andrew Thomas and left him on an island, and that is a much tougher position to play than safety. Some of this list is even more ridiculous as you go through it. I'm not even going to go through every name, but I'm just going to say, man, I know I'm not supposed to care about this. I get it, but... This dude deserves respect, Andrew Thomas. And a lot of people have said since then, like, oh, you you think this is a bad, like, you think this ranking is bad? Did you see him against Micah Parsons? Like, okay, he blows one rep against Micah Parsons, a freakish defensive end who's like a next level dude and is on a potential Hall of Fame track right now. He may not get there, but that's the track he's on. Like, I don't care. Like, why would I care about a couple reps or a rep or two here against a, Hall of, a potential Hall of Fame type talent? Like, I'm going to look at the entire body of work. And his yes. body work is way more consistent than most of the players on this list.
2: And there's only two offensive guards on this list. So you're talking about seven total True. offensive line. We know how important offensive line is. And the two yeah. guards are Zach Martin and Chris Lindstrom, who is a very good offensive guard from the Atlanta Falcons. So there are a lot of offensive linemen who are overlooked, but again, there's only 100 spots. Andrew Thomas will be in there next year. If he continues, especially if he continues to develop and also finishes some of those blocks, have this guy throw one block. And this is how a lot of this stuff is judged. Yeah. Even though these guys are players, they're still watching Monday night football, Sunday night football. Have them throw one huge block that springs Saquon Barkley for a touchdown on Monday night football, and that entire narrative is going to switch around. There are right. players in college football who seize the opportunity of coming up big in some of those primetime games, and it literally jumped them from being a day three pick to being a high-end Day two pick, like an early round two, pick, like a Josh Jackson from Iowa. Who zone oh my heavy-
1: God, Josh Jackson from Iowa. That's a great call. That's a perfect call for your to point. You he's he's the
2: perfect example of that. He played in a zone heavy Kirk Ferentz defense and he ended up, I think, intercepting. I think it was JT Barrett like was against times. Wisconsin.
1: He also had a crazy game against Wisconsin.
2: He, he went nuts on a primetime game. And then you saw people who cover the draft just start being like, well, you, this, that. But that narrative ended up bleeding into the NFL. I don't think that narrative always does, but it did for Josh Jackson. People were like, he's a ball yes. hawk. We could trust him in our zone system. Ends up going to Green Bay and just fizzles out. Had a little stint with the New York Giants, by the way. So yeah. I think so. you have one great block by Andrew Thomas in Monday Night Football, and he's going to have plenty of opportunities to do that in the primetime games the Giants have. I think that narrative is going to switch.
1: And it should. So let's hope that happens. That's all we have for today on the Big Boo Bander podcast. Keep it locked and loaded. Like and subscribe if you enjoy the show. Let's get that number up to five k. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, please subscribe, auto download, set that bad boy up. Give us a five star rating and review. We haven't had one in a while. We're we're trying to get that number up too. Uh, maybe over a thousand. That would be cool. All right, guys. Have a good rest of the week. Good night.
3: mypatriotsupply.com